Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of Let's Book Talk. Today we're speaking with Alexandra Pukachevsky. She's the author of the Zoya Trilogy, and we had a fantastic conversation about what it's like being an indie author and having to take care of pretty much everything. The marketing, the book design, you know, figuring out how to market a story that was originally written in one language, figuring out how to take that to a different market. Um, talked about the book itself, why you guys should read it. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Let me know what you think, let her know what you think, and definitely go out and get her book. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Alexandra Pukachevsky. Enjoy. I guess we'll start at the beginning. Um, how did storytelling become a part of your life and then translate into becoming a published author? Uh, so according to my parents um, or to my mom, she found some kind of a, well, I actually have this. It's like a, on a little piece of paper and I don't know how this thing survived, but when I was five, you know, electricity went out. We lived in Moscow and, you know, I wrote a story about it. Mm. <laughs> And, um, you know, the story exists and I actually illustrated it as well. Mm. Um, so I guess it's been a part of my life since, you know, I was four or five years old. Um, uh, and then, you know, with the move to the U.S., I wanted to become a journalist at some point. And I think mm. I've kind of blocked that experience. Uh, but I did write for, um, in college, I wrote for uh, the entertainment magazine that we had. Mm -hmm. um so then i try I, I applied for some jobs in journalism and thank god i did not <laughs> it didn't it didn't work out at the time i was a bit upset uh, but anyway so then um then i you know, went to grad school and then i didn't really write that much and at some point i think a friend of mine you know we, we had like a lot of i traveled a lot for work um mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of stories. Um, and so a friend of mine was like, Oh, you know, why don't you just write a story about it? And I was like, sure. And so then I did, and it took me like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I was like, Oh, well, maybe I should be writing a bit more. <laughs> and this was, you know, maybe nine, 10 years ago that this happened. And um, at the same time, um, my older son was born mm -hmm. and I moved to another area and I found this group of women who wrote. So it's actually a mom's group that, you know, and we would meet once a month and we discuss our writing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I started writing more. So, or at least I was more organized with it. So I started submitting my writing to the group for discussion. I critiqued uh, writing that this group was doing. Uh, so it was a really nice, um, you know, time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then COVID happened. Uh, and then, you know, COVID happened. And by then, I had two novels that I wrote in English that I absolutely hated. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I never felt that these were, you know, really good pieces, that they were long. There was, uh, you know, definitely, you know, but they weren't written in a way that I thought that um, other than a select group of, you know, my friends and my relatives, uh, anybody would be interested in reading these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then during COVID, I talked to a friend and she's like, well, why don't you try writing in Russian? And, um, you know, I lived in the U.S. since I was 13 years old. So this is like 30 years of um, mm -hmm. not living <laughs> and not functioning in Russian. Right. Uh, but I did. And I tried it and it really worked out really well. So I wrote Zoya originally in Russian. Mm -hmm. And then I published it in Russian. 
um, all three parts. Uh, so, you know, so, um, you know, and I'm trying to market this book in Russian, and I think this answer is much longer than what you. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, and so um, it was. It was the most surreal experience because I publish it, and I'm trying to market it, but I don't travel to Russia. I live in the U.S., and I'm trying to do it at a distance. And this thing, it's impossible, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but I don't give up. And then six months later. Again, I talked to a friend and she's like, why don't you just get it translated into English? And I'm like, oh, like a light, light bulb went on because it never occurred to me that I could actually be, you know, one of these indie authors or mm -hmm. like tap into the U.S. market. I'm like, I wrote it in Russian, so it exists in Russia, not right. in, the, in the U.S. So then I, I started looking into translations and I wrote to a few people who were... Um, you know, professional translators, and I got these quotes, and then I asked for samples, and then I was like, I can do it better myself, because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the thing, and I speak English, for mm -hmm. God's sake, like, there's no reason why I shouldn't do it myself, right. so I ended up translating it myself, but then it's not really, it's a, uh, it's not an exact translation, right, it's mm -hmm. more like, it's like rewritten in English, after I rewrote all three books in English, I got them professionally edited, and the editor had a lot of suggestions. So the English book is quite different. Um, you know, there there's certain things different from mm -hmm. the Russian book, um, just uh, for the U.S. market mostly. That's really interesting. So that's that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's really interesting because that's really never occurred to me that you know, especially as an indie author, you have to use so much of like your own resources, not only with translating um, mm -hmm. an entire book in a different language, but then trying to, you know, break down that barrier of, okay, this book exists in its native language in another country. How am I going to bring it here and be mm -hmm. as effective? Um, and I was going to save this question for later in the conversation, but, you know, I'm sure it's something that other indie authors might be struggling with, not necessarily the exact issue that you had, but um, if you had some advice to those aspiring authors that might be, you know, facing challenges, you know, what advice would you give to them to just keep going? Oh, it's hard. It's really mm. hard. <laughs> but yeah. find a support network. And there's some really good uh, groups on Facebook, but there are also people that are out there to just get your money. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, you know, somebody made this joke or observation that as soon as you write a book, everybody is just going to come after you. And they think that, you know, you're going to spend money on just about anything. Right. Um, and it could be, yeah. So be careful with that. Uh, but also believe that you have a story to tell. And I think that right now the market is as good as it could ever be for indie authors. Uh, people are reading a lot. Uh, even the movement like Book Talk, it's amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. I know it's a bit ridiculous and people are like, it's not a competition. I don't have to read 500 books a year. I don't know how people do it, mm -hmm. but thank God that they do. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. you know, there is a demand for stories. And um, But it, it can be really disheartening, right? It can be mm -hmm. disheartening because um, as authors the time is great but you have to be you know when we are creating it's one part of the brain but then you have to market it and you have to be this business person and project manager uh, and that's another part of the brain and I know some authors um, who've been very successful indie authors they split their day and they're like I write and then I do marketing and they mm -hmm. dedicate time each day to do that 
Yeah, and you know um, myself. Just so that they don't get overwhelmed. Right, right. And that's that's a really great point you bring up with marketing because I'm in public relations myself and I've worked with, you know, many different clients, whether it be a product launch, whether it be, you know, they're, they want to be a thought leader on a particular topic. It takes so much time and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, so, and especially being an author, an indie author, it's all on you. You know, you have yeah. to do everything. Um, yeah. And that's really, it can be very daunting, but I think that's where what you said of having that support network really comes into play. Um, and just the drive to keep on going, even if it feels like, you know, you're not making any, mm -hmm. any progress. Um, now I wanted to pivot to the book. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit about the story, <laughs> the writing process mm -hmm. and kind of how that entire narrative came together? Yes, definitely. And, um, so while I, well, the two books that I mentioned, the novels that are, I don't know if I'll ever get around to publishing them, I had this interesting story, and those are historical fiction books, right? Mm -hmm. So until I wrote Zoya, I always thought that I should be writing historically accurate fiction, I don't, mm -hmm. for some, because I'm not a fantasy reader or a sci-fi reader, I have to make that uh, admission, <laughs> mm -hmm. even though I write it, and um so when I was writing, um, so but I had this idea. So um, I traveled to Paris. I happened to have you know a family vacation in Paris, and my cousin who lives uh, in Russia, he was there, uh, and we rented this apartment. We all like it was it was this apartment um, on Boulevard Beaumarchais, where a lot of the events of Zoya took place, and it was in this very interesting building um, that was constructed in the late eighteen uh, hundreds. A lot of character. Uh, high ceilings, you know, beautiful view from the kitchen. Um, so a beautiful place. And then a few years later, we were in Moscow, also a family vacation. And of course, my cousin was there to see us because he lives in Moscow. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the building was almost the same. And so my cousin was like, how did you do this? How did you actually, and both were like Airbnb rentals. And he's like, how in the world did you rent this place in Moscow? And it's like almost the same as the Paris place. And so, like a light bulb went on and I was like, oh my gosh, like teleportation or I, like these buildings are connected. What mm -hmm. if you woke up in one and then you didn't know where you were? Uh, it could be like teleporting to the other. Uh, so then that was the story. Uh, and I also really liked the part of Moscow that I wrote about in the book. Uh, mm -hmm. So then um, the big challenge for me was the character, right? So like I wanted her to be based on my life story, but not you know, the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. And I needed a name that was like, um, easily translated into other languages. So I came up with a name. Uh, and that was and then the story almost wrote itself after after that happened. <laughs> so that's, that's really interesting. And and the thing that caught my attention, you know, doing some research on the book and research on you is the idea of um, reality being multidimensional. If you can talk a bit about what that means and how this book kind of reflects that belief. Well, um, yeah, so the book is, it's an urban fantasy and mm. um, it's, but all my books, there's always, um, you know, it's never like a doomsday uh, mm. type of situation. It's always like making, improving things. And also reality could be different. So right. with Zoya, she gets three chances to live through uh, the same situation. 
um, of course, it's, it could be a little confusing. Um, and at, at the end, you know, she doesn't, you can't tell which one is the reality. And you can actually choose, you can choose with her or for her, which one do you want uh, her to have? Mm-hmm. Right. And I believe that in each interaction that we have, you could look at it in a million ways, right? You could have a conversation uh, that that's um, unpleasant. And then you're like, maybe it's not so bad. Or, and then for her, she gets bullied in school, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. then, you know, is she actually getting bullied? Or does the bully also have his story to tell? Um, and then maybe she can overcome that. Uh, so, um, yeah, the multidimensional part, uh, I mean, I don't want to say too much, because I don't want to give away the book. Sure. But it's um, a learning experience for Zoya, and also um, a way for her to change the way she interacts with others. So she's not, you know, in the beginning, we start out and she's the victim. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. God, this is so bad. The world is against her. But then you're like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe she's not the victim. And then she builds um, and improves those relationships. That's a really intriguing premise. And I hope that the listeners listen to that and immediately get the book. Because I have the, um, <laughs> I'm planning on reading it. I'm planning on reading all three books. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, once that happens, I'll get you back on and we can talk about it. Um mm-hmm. But one thing that I also did want to mention is, you know, the book features Moscow, Pittsburgh, and Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of impact has each place had on you personally, and why is it important for you to feature these cities in your books? Um, yeah, well, so Moscow, I was born and raised in Moscow. Mm-hmm. And then I, just like Zoya, in the second part, she immigrates to the U.S., to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge shift. You know, coming to Pittsburgh from Moscow is a big city. When we moved to Pittsburgh, it was um, in the middle of the decline. Mm. Uh, right when the steel industry collapsed in the mid-80s, we came in the early 90s. So the city was depressed, um, seriously so. But for me, mm. of course, I don't know anything else, right? <laughs> so for us, it was like, oh, gosh, um, you know, this place is awful. Uh, but Pittsburgh was so amazing that it took a while, but uh, right now, you know, I, I would love to live there again mm-hmm. <laughs> and get an opportunity because, um, you know, it's got a lot of character and um, residents of Pittsburgh are so resilient and they you know, they really rebuilt the place. Um, but, uh, but so Pittsburgh uh, was a place that I did not like, but I didn't like just being away from Moscow in general. Mm-hmm. But then it grew on me. And then my parents lived there for a long time, so I visited it regularly. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so it's an, also an important part of my life, even though, you know, after high school, I didn't live there full time. Uh, but in those four years, it made a huge impact on me. Uh, and uh, then Paris, Paris is more France, right? Mm-hmm. So France has been a big um, part of my life. And I uh, speak fluent French, I travel there a lot. Um, so and of course, Paris is amazing, but it's more France than just the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a big part of but also it's the part of Paris that is described in uh, Zoya in all three parts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also in the second and third part, there is a bit of a past life um, experience that she has to the Templars. Oh, okay. um, and yeah, and so that, uh, you know, the Templars, they used to have their fortress uh, in the um, in the Marais, right? And so that is the the part of Paris that is featured quite prominently in the book for that That's reason. super cool. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I always like, you know, seeing what, you know, the different personal touches that authors put into their books and the, you know, the, the stories behind them. 
Um, I always find that really, really interesting. And, you know, another thing that I wanted to ask you, especially now that, you know, the book is out there, people can read it. What was that feeling like knowing that, you know, people are reading a story that you wrote and, you know, maybe at some point you never knew if that story was actually going to be out in people's hands. Mm -hmm. What was that feeling like? Um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, um, well, it's a cool feeling. Mm -hmm. I went through it with, uh, with the um, book in Russian, right? So mm -hmm. it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like my, my story. So when I wrote the English part and published it, it was like, it was not as much of a thrill as it was in the, with the Russian version. Because I think that was the part that was like, oh my God, like it was, it, it was just a, it was mind blowing, right? Mm -hmm. People would actually pay to write something that I wrote. Um, mm. so, uh, but also with Zoya, I went through a whole rebranding and, um, the first part that I, the first version in Russian had some covers that weren't, uh, very nice <laughs> or they were very, um, childish looking. So then mm -hmm. I, I went through, you know, I, I had to find another, a bit more on the challenges of an indie author. I found another designer and then we rebranded the whole series in Russian and English. So. And it has illustrations. Um, it's not something that I will repeat with new books. It's just because it's um, with with my new books that I'm writing now. Mm -hmm. I will not get them illustrated, uh, but Zoya is illustrated, and um, yeah, so there's some nice illustrations as well um, that reflect really well the um, the content of the book. So and here's illustration. I don't know if you can. Oh, you can't really see. Hold on. Paris. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, no, no, no that's, that's great. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. what was that always um, something you wanted to do was have illustrations in the book or did that kind of materialize as you were writing the story? Um, it was, you know, it was very, it was a strange experience with the first um, failed um, cover and illustrations. The first part had them. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I always assumed that it would have illustrations. And so then when we were redoing everything, it seemed like it wasn't just enough to do the cover, to do mm -hmm. new covers. It was like everything had to be redone. Right. Um, and But then with a the layout, um, it's just so much more difficult to do layout um, and something that I do myself. Um, or if not, I have to pay someone and it's expensive. So I will not be doing more illustrations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's super understandable. Um, another thing that I did want to ask, uh, regarding your, um, degrees in international relations and foreign service, have those degrees in any way influenced your writing at all? Or is that kind of separate from your writing? It's no, I think it's a separate, I mean, I think it's part of me as an individual, mm -hmm. but I, well, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think. I mean, we are cumulatively, you know, a combination of everything that we go right. through in life, but I, it's like a separate life, I would say. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Because I, I was reading your, your bio and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder if there's <laughs> any, any correlation at all. Um, okay. Uh, now, have you thought, and I know I ask authors this all the time when they're writing their stories, because I know everybody on Book Talk likes to sort mm -hmm. of fan cast the books that they read with different actors and actresses. Have you thought mm -hmm. about that at all with Zoya of who, if they were to make a TV show or a movie, who would play mm -hmm. the characters in the story? You know, I have not. The only right now, what I know that I should be doing is an audiobook. 
Mm. Um, so I, I have not gotten as far as, you know, well, uh, one thing, I watched this show Parallels. It's a French mm -hmm. show about these kids who get lost in time. And I thought that, you know, that was very similar, at least the idea, the premise was very similar to Zoya. So mm -hmm. I watched it, um, you know, after the book was published, but I was like, wow, I guess that that whole thinking is out there because, you know, um, it's being communicated to people uh, in different ways. But in terms of um, audio, the the person that I love, um, and it's a British um, audio book, um, what are they called? A reader or yeah. um, actor? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Imogen Church. Okay. <laughs> so I just listened to a bunch of books that uh, she does. And I love the way she reads it. But of course, it's done in British English. So it's not really the Zoya, you know, yeah. Uh, mm. But that's just I love the voice. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's have a good you... question. And I, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, some some people always mm -hmm. think, you know, as they're writing, uh, maybe they have a certain person in mind as they're, you know, kind of developing the character and whatnot. So it's always something I, I like to ask mm -hmm. in case anyone's ever thought about it. Um, but back to the audiobook uh, question, um, was that, again, something that you thought you wanted to do uh, since the beginning of, of having this also in audiobook format? Or is that something else that kind of came about later? Of the audiobook... Um... Zoya one and two, there are Russian versions of the audiobook, mm -hmm. and I listen to audiobooks all the time. Personally, mm -hmm. I don't have time to read, and so when I read, I actually it's an audiobook. It's mm -hmm. like nonstop, um, and um, yeah. So for me, I know that there's a huge market. I know there are a lot of people like me who also don't have time to just sit and read um, because the time for me that I would be spending reading, I have to write. Right. So, mm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, so I definitely want to do an audiobook, but I'd like the book to be a bit more um, popular and, um, mm -hmm. you know, so that I actually have a budget <laughs> to yeah. allocate to the audiobook. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so to kind of get to that goal, um, if there was somebody who was, you know, maybe came across Zoya either on Amazon or, or you know, an anywhere that you could find the book, um, and they were trying to decide whether or not to read it, what would you say to them to pick up the book and read it and give it a chance? Well, um, it's the book that, it's one of these books that can change your life. I think it really opens up another dimension, right? You asked about multidimensional aspects mm -hmm. and um, uh, it's, uh, it's entertainment, but it's not just entertainment. So it opens up uh, a new way of thinking and it, really gives you possibilities and it's on the verge of reality so when you read it you're like this could actually happen mm. um somebody asked me because zoya travels you know time travels and somebody's like is that based on your life i was like <laughs> well i never teleported to paris but i guess when people read it they're like well how? you know maybe it could happen mm -hmm. and maybe you can't you know maybe in a couple of years when we are you know using more than 10 percent of our brains maybe we can actually um, live this reality and and awesome. I will point to your book as the blueprint for getting that to happen. Um, yes. You know, and, and, and another thing that I did want to ask before we wrap up here is if there were any books uh, that served as an inspiration um, for writing this story or if any authors you had in mind uh, were also inspirations for the writing style or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so for me... 
I so like I mentioned, I don't read a lot of sci-fi or fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, but there are three authors that I think are you know for me like anything they've written is. Uh, gold, right? So that's mm-hmm. Pushkin, and he's a famous Russian author. He's not—he's very difficult to translate. But as far as the Russian language, and he's a, one of the geniuses of the Russian literature. So Pushkin is one. Uh, the second Russian author I absolutely love is Dostoevsky, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I just think that um, what I really um, value in him is um, the fact that he all his works are trying to improve the human condition right so everything mm-hmm. he writes it's it's um, the reason uh, the reason for his writing and what he was trying to do is to help us uh, be better individuals right to mm-hmm. improve um, and the world and uh, people right. uh, so um, I love Dostoevsky and the third is uh, sci-fi I, I mentioned that um, you know I don't read a lot of it but um, it's Ray Bradbury Okay. Uh, so I, um, yeah. So I really love him, and I love the Martian Chronicles. I mean, that's my favorite out of um, his books. Awesome. And so yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Alexandra, so much um, for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope that people do go out and get your book. They read it. They review it. Um, and you know, I can't wait to see what else you write, and I can't wait to dive into that story. Um, but before I let you go, if you could tell people online how they can support you, where they can find you online, and where they can find the Zoya Trilogy. It's on Amazon, and uh, really, you know, if you just go on Amazon and you type in Zoya, um, you should and see the beautiful blue cover, and then the green and the red is the parts two and three. Um, so, yeah. And if you read it and like it, please uh, submit a review. Uh, those are very important. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so yeah I would really appreciate it so reviews on Amazon you can also subscribe to my newsletter so if you go on my website and I know I have a really long name um, but it's alexandrapugachevsky.com there is a newsletter submit button and you um, in return you get a free uh, story awesome. for signing right, up guys. to my newsletter perfect <laughs> alright guys you guys know what to do uh, make sure to uh, help Alexandra out any way you can read the story and leave a fantastic review. And um, yeah, we will talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.